Those who are watching by internet, we appreciate you tuning in today. Like our page, get the word out. This is the place to be now, Abundant Living Ministries, a church that never closes. We don't close our doors. We don't care if it's raining, pouring, shining, flooding, pandemic. We don't close our doors. Our doors are always open. Why? Because we believe in Jesus. He is a miracle working God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Tonight we're going to, today we're going to be talking about, we're going to continue on God's word as direct. But I want you to look at, I want you to look at, uh, real quick, I want you to look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Because I truly believe God's word is direct. That's why we preach it. We preach it the same way he wrote it. We don't water it down. We don't make it easy. Because God doesn't water it down. We're not going to make, oh, make it, make it palpable so people can swallow it. No, it is what it is. And that's what I love about God. He is what he is. He changes not. Amen? And to me, at first, when you, when you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can say God is a hard taskmaster. God is a hard God to please. But I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell. He's the most easiest person to please. He, he made it easy. And when I read his word, his word has become so easy to me. Because I've surrendered to it. See, that's the key. Surrendering to the word of God. Surrendering to God. Once you surrender to God, everything becomes easy when it comes to being a born-again believer. You, you, you laugh at the devil and you look at people and it's like, oh man, it's hard being saved. I'm like, how, how is it hard being saved? Oh, because I choose not to sin? That's not hard. I just learned how to say no to the devil and I mean it. I stand my ground when I say no to the devil. Well, how can you say no to the devil? Jesus. That's how I say no to the devil, Jesus. Because his name's above every name. And I last time I read, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So the devil has to bow down to the name of Jesus. He has to do what Jesus tells him to do. So if I tell the devil no in Jesus' name, guess what? The devil's going to leave me alone. If not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rebuke him at the word. I'm going to hit him upside the word with the word. And listen to me, devil doesn't want to, devil doesn't want to get hit upside the head with the word. That's the last thing he wants. But if he, dry, if he pushes me in the right direction, guess what? I'm going to hit him upside the head with the word. I'm going to use the word. Say amen. amen. So when people, places, and things get in your face, what you going to use? The word. Amen. You're going to use the word. That's what Jesus did. Every time Jesus used the word against the devil, guess what? It worked. And if it worked for Jesus, it'll work for you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And today I want you to look at this scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I want everyone to do this. I'm sorry, sorry. Exam, 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5. It says, examine yourself, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves, know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Examine yourself. I want everyone in this room today and those that are watching by internet, I want you to examine yourself today and say, am I 
God's people. Am I God's people? Now go to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Am I God's people? We know according to 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse, verse 9 who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. We know we've been called. But I want you to understand something. I want you to examine your life today and say, am I God's people? Am I God's people? So many times, oh, I am a child of God. Really, are you a true child of God? Examine yourself right now. I want you to examine yourself. I don't need, I don't need you to confess your sins. I don't need you to confess nothing to me. I'm not a priest. You don't need to confess your sins to me. You confess your sins to God. You don't need, I don't have a little room over here where you can go in and I can tell you to quote so, so many Hail Marys or whatever. You have the beads or whatever. I don't know. I don't, I don't follow that junk. I'm not the Pope. Hallelujah. He needs to get saved. Let's just move on. Second Chronicles chapter 7. How do we know we're God's people? Verse 14, it says, if my people, if my people, are you one of God's people? Let's see. Let's see if you're one of God's people. Because I want you to examine your heart right now. I want you to examine yourself. We got it up there? Oh, you don't have it up there. I want you to look in yourself. If my people, which are called by my name, are you called by God's name? In other words, does God know your name? How do you know God knows your name? Have you examined yourself? Oh, here's the key. If my people who are called by my name, which are called, shall humble themselves, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That's how you know you want a God's people. Are you willing to humble yourself? Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to seek God's face? When do you seek God's face? Only when you're in pain? Only when you, when you hurt? Only when you're suffering? Or do you seek God's face when money's flowing, baby? Do you seek God's face all the time? Did you, well, who'd you wake up to this morning? Did you wake up to your prophet Facebook? Instagram? Or did you wake up to God today? Who did you... Show your allegiance to first. Because who you show your allegiance to is who your God is. Who cares what people may say about your comment? There's only one who should matter, and his name is Jesus. But who did you wake up to today? Who did you look at today? Who did you recognize first today? Because that is who you serve. That is who you humble yourself to. That is who you seek every day. That is who you pray to every day. Facebook will never save you. But it's amazing how we are in Facebook 24-7. Instagram will not save you, but it's amazing how many times we look at our Instagram or whatever social media that you live by. It does not save. But it's amazing how we will look at that first, how we'll look at everything first. Your emails will not save you. Oh, I wonder if they got my email because that's the last thing you, before you closed your eyes, that was the last thing you did. 
So what did, when your eyes um, came open today, that's the first thing you looked at. Did they respond to your email? That's who your God is. See, examine yourself right now. Do I put enough into God as much as God has put enough in me? Do I put enough every day into the things of God, into my love for God, as much as God puts into me and how much he loves me every day? Do I put enough into God? We want all the blessings. We want all the miracles. We want all the signs and wonders. We want everything that God promises. But how much do we put into God every day? Examine yourself right now. It has nothing to do with being saved. Listen to me. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How much do we put into the things of God? We all say we're God's people. We all say the cliche, I'm blessed. But to be blessed means you got to know God face to face. Because if not, you ain't blessed. You can't be blessed if you ain't God's people. You can't be blessed if, 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 you, if, you're, if, you, if you don't, if, you, who, if he doesn't know your name. Facebook knows your name. How do you know? Why? Because they see you on it all the time. It's amazing how you look at something on Google and before you know it, Facebook already has given you 12 different things. On what you looked at, I don't go, why? Because they all work together. Why? Because the sole purpose of social media is to take you out of the will of God, to keep your eyes on them instead of God. But God is very direct here. Because God is a very direct God, and He is a jealous God, and He will not share Himself with anybody. See, when it comes to our calling, you need to understand how important the calling is on your life. And the devil knows it, and he will use people, places, and things to keep you from being humble. To keep you from seeking God's face. To keep you from turning from your wicked ways. Because I'm, I'm here to tell you right now, I don't care how saved you think you may be, there is still wickedness in you. You know how I know that? It's called flesh. Everybody pinch yourself. That's your worst enemy right now, people. Your flesh, I don't care how saved your spirit may be, your flesh is wicked. Your flesh only wants to please itself. And we know how to do that very good, don't we? We don't need help to please flesh. We know how to please flesh. Why? Because it's wicked. And the devil will use everything in its arsenal to keep you distracted. Why? Because he doesn't want you to be God's people. He does not want you to humble yourself. He doesn't want you to seek God's face. He doesn't want you to turn from your wicked ways. And he definitely doesn't want you to fall on your knees and pray. To the name of Jesus. So what did he do? He'll use distraction after distraction after distraction. So I say today, examine yourself right now. Am I a person that is called by God? Am I a person that humbles himself every day? Am I a person that seeks the face of God every day? And what I mean by every day, throughout the day. In other words, your mind is always on God. 
Pastor Thad, I have a job. That doesn't matter. You can still think about God and how I can please Him. Lord, I want to please you every day. I want you to be in my conversation. I want you to be in my actions. I want you to be all a part of my life in everything I do. But for that to happen, you have to be willing to humble yourself. You have to be willing to pray. You have to be willing to seek, your, seek his face. You have to be willing to, to turn from your wicked ways. And then if you're willing to do that, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. In other words, God will hear you. We want God to hear us, but are we willing to humble ourselves? Are we willing to humble ourselves? And after we humble ourselves, are we willing to shut up and listen? Instead of complaining because we didn't get what we want because we asked God. Listen to me, if your heart is not right, if you're still stuck in wickedness, your heart's not right. So what good, what good is God healing you if your heart is wicked? God needs to save your heart before he can heal your heart. Amen? So today I want you to examine yourself because I'm getting ready to show you in the, spirit, in the spiritual man, the physical man, and the, uh, the financial man that God is very direct in how he expects you to live. You just can't live the way you used to live. When you get born again, there's a change in life. You can't live like the world. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world. In other words, you're not conformed to this world. You're not conformed to the ways and the customs of this world. You've been transformed. In other words, you choose a new way of living. You don't act like the world. You don't talk like the world. You don't live like the world. You are of the kingdom of God. Why? Because you want God to hear you at all times. You want to have a constant flow of healing in your life. Because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's like, and I'm telling you right now, you could be the most safest person in this church, but he's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to come at you. He's going to come at you with everything he's got. But you've got to be a person that, hey, that no matter what, he comes at you. Hey, you're going to come out victorious. Why? Because you're a person that, that knows they are his people. They have been called by his name. They have humbled themselves. Now let's look at the spirit man here. God's word is direct when it comes to the spirit man. Now let's look at the spirit man. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 11. 9 through 11. It says, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor infinite or abusers of themselves with, with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, or drunkards, or revilers, or extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. In other words, I want you to see here that it comes to the spirit man. No, you're not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, if you're a person that's living in unrighteousness, you ain't going to inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, if you find yourself in one of these people, guess what? You need to check yourself. God can't see you. Why? Because God can't look upon sin. God doesn't know you by name. Do you realize if you go back and read in Isaiah, he says his people, in other words, his people, talking about his people are engraved. Their names are engraved in his hand. He's not talking about the world. He's talking about his people. His people.
people, in other words, those that have been marked by him, those that have been saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost, their names have been engraved in his hand. He's not talking about the world. He's talking about believers, those that have humbled themselves to God. Now, if you're a person that's living in sin, guess what? You are called unrighteous. An unrighteous will not, inherit the, will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, you will not see heaven. Do you hear me? If you are living in unrighteousness, you will not see to heaven. Don't, I didn't say that. God's word said that. Well, you're, 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 Pastor, you're mean. No, no, no. I'm only preaching you the truth because God's word is direct. And we're living in a season and time where it's time to stop playing games. It's time to live holy. It's time to live righteous. It's time to live sanctified. It's time to stop playing games because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Sister Rosemary went home to be with the Lord. God gave her 69 wonderful years. But guess what? She's in heaven. Hallelujah. God gave my father 77 years. He ain't here anymore. He's in heaven. You're not guaranteed tomorrow, people. So quit your sinning. Humble yourselves before God. Stop saying if you're a person of unrighteousness, you can't say you're one of God's people because you're not one of God's people. God said it right there. Oh, all of us are God's people. No, you're not. Only saved are God's people. Because I can show you in 2 Timothy chapter 2 where those that are saved have been marked, have been marked by him. I'm talking marked by him as a vessel of honor. So there's a big difference there. And I know we don't want to, you know, this is not a popular message, but God is very direct when it comes to the spirit man. But he doesn't stop there. Let's look at this. There, he demands a spiritual change, Romans chapter 6. He demands a spiritual change in his creation. In Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Let's go back to singing. It was so much nicer. <laughs> Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead in sin live any longer therein? Know, know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We shall walk in what? Newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We should not what? Serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. 
Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in, him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. God's word is direct when it comes to the spirit man, and he expects change, spiritual change, when we become born again. Sin becomes dead to us. Do you understand that? The actions of sins, the desires of sin. If you still have a desire of sin, sin is not dead in your life. And sin will corrupt you. Sin will keep you from heaven. I'm going to say that again. Sin will keep you from heaven. Pastor Thad, I know that. But I want you to examine yourself today. I want you to say, because I want you to say sin, 100% sin is dead to me. In other words, if sin comes knocking at my door, and trust me, so Satan knows what you like. Oh, you think he's going to throw something that you don't like? No. You know why he knows what you like? Because he's seen what you looked at. He's seen what you opened up to. And what you open yourself up to is what he is going to entice you with. So if you opened yourself up to pornography, guess what? He is going to hit you with pornography. If you open yourself up to drugs, guess what? He is going to entice you with drugs. Whatever it may be. Fornication, adultery, lust. If you opened yourself up to him, what did you do? You've given something the devil can work against you. He's not going to use something against you that you dislike. No, it's not going to work. He's going to give something to you. And I'm telling you, it's like, how many people see the movie The Matrix? Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank you. What's The Matrix? Well, anyway, Google it or Netflix it or whatever. In the movie The Matrix, there was a scenario of all people walking. And then you had, you had Keanu Reeves. He was walking as this person in the midst of all these people. Then all of a sudden, it, it was a program. And in this program, there was a beautiful woman, not just a beautiful woman, but she was in a red dress that stood out. And all of a sudden, you see him, Keanu Reeves, Walking in the movies, walking all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this woman in a red dress, I think she had red hair too on top of it all. It would have caught my attention because I'm a sucker for redheads. And it's just out of the blue. It made no sense. But all of a sudden, he just went. Then all of a sudden, as he turned, there was the bad guy with the gun pointing at him. That's exactly how the devil is. He's not going to use what you dislike. He's going to use what you've opened up to him. 
And that's what he's going to use against you. For the sole purpose from you taking your eyes off of God, keeping yourself being humble before him, keeping yourself from praying, keeping him from seeking his face, keeping him from turning yourself from wicked ways. Why? Because he does not want you to hear from God. He does not want you to walk in total healing. He does not want you to be blessed of the Lord. He doesn't want you to be, have, have favor of God. He wants you bound to his, to his will. So when he pulls a string, you react, whatever, whatever he decides to do. But listen to me. God is very direct and say, listen to me, I want you to come out of this. I don't want you to, I want to see spiritual change in your life. So today, examine yourself. Am I spiritually right with God? Have I truly changed my ways spiritually? Or am I still having hangups in my old ways? Remember, when you get saved, all things become new. In other words, in other, for all things to become new, in other words, old men, the old ways have to die. Now, here's the thing. God's not going to resurrect those old things. You will. How does he do that? When you stop humbling yourself and you get distracted by the devil, the devil will always revert you back to the past and he will cause you to waller in your past like a pig in mud. But God will never put you back in the mud. What did he do in Isaiah chapter? He took you out of the what? The miry clay. He put you on the good, a solid foundation. He changed your song. See, God will never take you back. God will always take you forward. But you have to understand something. For that, you have to understand that God's word is direct. And God is a directful God. And he wants you to have a spiritual change when it comes to the spirit man. Now let's look at the physical man. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 15 through 20. It says, know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and, and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know you not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body. For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that man doth doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for you are bought with a price. What? Ye are bought with a price. In other words, hey, you weren't, listen to me, your salvation was not free. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In other words, take care of your temple. You take care of your temple. In other words, well, Pastor Dad, I'm not a fornicator. Guess what? If you're sinning, you're fornicating. You're sleeping with the devil. Sin is still fornicating. What are you doing? You're betraying your first love and you're going after something else. That's what fornication is. You're betraying your first love and God has to be your first love. And when you 
turn away from your first love, you become a fornicator to sin. And you've heard me say this word. When you sleep with sin, you're going to wake up with an STD. A sinful transmitted disease. Oh my, you don't understand in the spirit realm what God sees when you, when you forsake him as his first love. You don't understand how that there is a spiritual fornication going on. There is a sexual, you don't understand the perversion of sin. Examine yourself right now. Examine yourself right now. Because when you forsake God, when you forsake, listen to me, I'm going to get down, I'm going to get right down to it. When you forsake the reading of the word of God, you are reading something else. That's why it's so important when he said, study to show thyself approved. That's why it's so important when he told to Joshua, meditate on my, my word day and night. Why? So you don't become a fornicator. Because you will pick up something else and that something else will entice you. That something else will open your eyes to deceit. And that deceit will cause you to gush. I got children in here. I can't say it. But we don't understand the importance of how the spirit realm and the physical realm work together. If I didn't have children in there, I can really get explicit. Because I'm telling you, this is real, people. And the devil's working overtime. He ain't going after the heathen. He ain't going after those that are bound by him. He is going after the church. And the church has fornicated with the devil. They have allowed the devil in the music. They have allowed the devil in the preaching. They have watered it down. And they have become fornicators. They have become, they have become adulterers of the gospel. Because what I'm preaching right now is not popular. What I'm preaching right now will not fill seats. This will cause people, I don't want to go to that church. I want to go to a church that loves me. Let me tell you something. God loves you, and he is very direct in his love. But he tells you, hey, if you don't love me, you're going to hell. I paid too much of a price for you to keep sleeping with the devil. My son, I gave my son up for you. My son's body was broken. My son was beaten beyond recognition. My son was crucified. One who knew no sin took your sin. And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna fornicate right in front of him? Because that's what sin does. If you could only see what God sees when you sin, you wouldn't do it. That's why God had to turn his back on sin. He could not... Look upon Jesus. He had to turn his back on sin. Why? Because one who knew no sin became sin. In other words, he took the sin of all mankind upon him. Think about how much sin that is since the beginning of Adam to that point. That was thousands and thousands and thousands of years from Adam to the day of crucifixion. All that sin was upon Jesus He couldn't look upon him. Examine yourself. The physical man needs to take care of its temple. You need to take care of your temple. You need to physically take care of your temple. In other words, if you listen to me, go get your checkups. Go to the doctor. Get checked up. 
Don't wait. Well, bless God, I'm a child of God. I walk in divine healing. You ignorant. Go to the doctor. Get your blood tested. Get, get your blood, man. Every time I, every year, I got to go check. I know it's violent. Nobody wants to be violated. But guess what? I'd rather be violated then than come back and say, Mr. Thomas, guess what? We had to tell, we had to tell you there's something wrong with your body. Then I got to come and throw myself on the altar. God, heal me. When I should have took care of my temple and gone to the doctor and say, take the blood, take as much blood as you want. I want to know. Check everything. Check everything. And you know, men, when you turn a certain age, nobody wants to go to that, men. But guess what? Bend over, baby. Nobody wants, when you turn 50, no man wants to hear that number. And listen to me. I know, oh, they changed now. They got the blood. Let me tell you something. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the old-fashioned way is still the best way. I know that sounds terrible. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. I know when you got to go and do all that, it is not fun. It's like, God, why'd you bless me with this? For the man, that's why. Come on. Ain't for the baby, it's for the man. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. I'm being honest. God's very direct. Go read Song of Solomon, man. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for that revelation. Solomon knew some stuff. Man, y'all need to diverge in that part right in there and learn, you husbands. Hallelujah. God's direct. Take care of your bodies. Take care of your bodies. Go get checked up. Go do what you need to do. Listen to me. You ain't going to hell if you take medication. It has nothing to do with the lack of faith. Guess what? I had to take blood pressure medicine. You know why? Because I'm fat. That's the reason why. My doctor looked at me, and I've said this. My doctor looked at me and says, you know why you got to take this? Because you're fat. And I says, well, you didn't marry a Cuban. I did. <laughs> you know a man's always going to blame us. Why? She had nothing to do with it. I was fat before I married her. I blame my mama for that. I'm serious. I was always a fat kid. Because my mom always fed me. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it wasn't just one little thing. You got to have this. You got to have that. You got to have that. Then especially when you're raised up in a preacher's house, you eat late at night. Come on. There he goes again, talking about food. You know I'm always going to bring it back to food. Because I know ALM. Wasn't I fried chicken good yesterday? Hallelujah. That corn was amazing. <laughs> God, take care of your temple. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 24 says, My son, attend my words. Acclend thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are the life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. How important is that? John chapter 3, verse 3. The physical man. Jesus answered, said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, 
Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's so important to understand the spiritual man needs to be right, but there's going to come a day where the physical man is going to have to raise his hand, is going to have to stand, and he's going to have to make a public confession and walk the aisle and confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's how important God is very direct when it comes to the physical man. All of us have to make a public confession. Oh, Pastor Dad, I don't like to be public confessions. I don't want people to know my business. Listen to me. Ain't nobody going to know your business. God already knows it. The devil already knows it. And guess what? If the devil knows it, he has already let everybody know about it. So everybody knows your business. Because the devil has the biggest mouth ever. And he is going to make you look bad. 24-7. So guess what? Who cares? You know why? Because when you make that public confession and when you come forward in your physical self and you ask God to forgive you of your sins, guess what? The very thing that you did, your sin, has been forgiven and it has been removed from the mind of God. So the devil can scream all he wants, but God says, I don't know what you're talking about, devil. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. All I can see is that child's been marked by the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on in, that faithful servant. But all of us in our physical state have to make a public confession. You know, let me tell you something. You know how many times as a pastor's child, third generation minister, you know how many times that I had to lay down my pride and say, you know what, I'm going to hell because I have sinned and I have come forward. Because I really don't care what people think. It's just me and God. Because I am not going to let sin separate me from God. And I thank God for the pricking of the heart. I thank God for the preaching of the cross. I thank God for pastors that preach the way I preach. Very direct. Because if it wasn't for being a pastor being very direct, I would have stayed in sin and thought I was going to heaven. Because, hey, my mom and daddy are pastors. They pray for me. Guess what? You can pray for your children all they want, but if they don't accept Jesus, guess what? They ain't going. You can say, well, my son and daughter's in heaven because I prayed for them. If they did not publicly confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, guess what? They are not going to heaven. I didn't say it. This word says it. And God is very direct. So what do I pray now? When it comes to my family, I said, Lord, they're going to publicly confess Jesus as Lord. They are going to publicly confess that Jesus has died on the cross. Upon my faith, I, was, they will pub- I changed my way of saying it. I said, oh, my family is going to be saved. No, no, no. They are going to publicly confess that Jesus Christ died for their sins. They are going to publicly confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. I changed it. Uh-uh. I says, no, 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 no. I want them to say, oh, my family, me and my house is going to serve the Lord. I'm glad you say that. But no, I want me and my house to publicly confess that Jesus is Lord. That he is the only way to heaven. Well, Pastor, that don't they disappoint you? Sin disappoints me. But I'm going to love them no matter what. I'm going to love them no matter what. Why? Because I am not going to give the devil... Zero satisfaction. I'm going to love them and say, yes, sin disappoints. But guess what? I am going to give God the glory and say, that person 
is going to publicly confess Jesus as Lord. Because I will not give the devil any satisfaction. I will not get why. Because the devil won't torment them. The devil will torment you and say, they're going to hell. They're going to hell. They're going to hell. Time is running out. Time is running out. But do you realize that is nothing but a lie from the pit of hell? Because Satan cannot kill anybody. Every man is appointed to death. And that's by God. The devil cannot tell. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. The devil can't kill people. He can't kill. No, he has no power. Remember, Jesus took all power from him. He has no power. Now, sin can put you in an environment that will bring death. Yes, we know that the wages of sin is death. We know that. But devil has no power. That's why when I look at my father and I look at, I look at Sister Rosemary, cancer didn't kill Rosemary. God says, I want you with me. Well, how can you say that, Pastor Dad? Because God's thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. God, all we right now is see this very moment right now. We don't see the future. God does. And God says, you know what? I want them with me. Well, that disappoints me. No, you should celebrate that that person is no longer suffering under anything. They're with heaven. They're in heaven glorifying God. Same goes with your mother. Every, every child, every spouse, every Every spouse, everybody wants their loved ones to stay. I understand that. But God's ways are far greater than our ways. What good is it if my father would have lived after all that, and if he had to live under the conditions of carrying a canister of air with him 24-7? That ain't living. That's not living. No, 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 no. I rather, I'm glad he's in heaven. And I know that's like, because I, that's suffering to me. I'm sorry. You're, in, you're, you're incapable of living your life the way you used to live it. You're under some other control of something else. That ain't God. I said, God, either you're going to heal him 100% or you're going to take him. I don't want it halfway. No, 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 no. I want it 100% because God, if you read the scriptures, Jesus didn't heal halfway. He healed all the way. Well, Pastor Dad, Bishop didn't get healed. Guess what? Yeah, he did. He transitioned into heaven. That's the best healing ever. See, you're looking through natural eyes. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You got to stop. God's ways are better than our ways. See, he's infinite. We're finite. In other words, he sees tomorrow. He sees a week from now. He sees a, year, a month from now, a year from now. He sees the future. And all we can see is right in front of us right now. We can prepare all we want, but listen to me. That means nothing. What matters is that is my spirit man right? Is my physical man right? Number three, is my financial man right? Because, oh, here we go. Y'all need to go to the, those who don't want to hear about finances. Y'all can go to the bathroom now. Because you know when you talk about money, everybody's bladder's got to go on my bladder. But I got speakers in there too. Turn them up. God's word is very direct when it comes to the financial man. Psalm 68 verse 19. It says, blessed... Is blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Selah. In other words, hey, in the midst of the benefits, there's a resting period. Hallelujah. 
I'm telling you, when God blesses you, there's a resting period. But to understand the financial direction that God wants us to live in, you got to truly be a person in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Because if you're not a person who, who practices Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, in other words, humbles themselves every day by seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. In other words, if you're not willing to surrender yourself, if you're not willing to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, you'll have a problem with finances. You won't be able to rest. I don't know about you, but how many of you in here can raise your hand and say, I do not worry about money? I don't worry about money. Come on, be honest. I don't worry about money. I don't. Why? Because money ain't my God. When I woke up this morning, I said, hello, Jesus. I didn't say hello, money. What woke you? What's going to wake you up tomorrow? God or money? Because if money is what woke you up, is money is what you serve. Money will tell you where you live, what you drive, what you wear, what you eat, where you can go. Uh-uh. I do not worry about money because money is a tool. Money is a tool, but we have made it a God. We, we, may, we wake up to it, I got to go to work, I got to go to work, I got to go make money, because if I don't make money, I won't be able to pay my bills, I won't be able to put food on the table, I won't be able to put shoes on my baby's feet, I won't be, I won't be able to buy my wife what, her, her, what she needs to make, her, to make her look beautified, I won't be able, no, 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 you've made money a God, no, money, no, money is a tool, you don't wake up to money, you wake up to God. But if you don't humble yourself, go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 8. If you don't recognize that you are a people of God, and if you've not humbled yourself, if you've not prayed, and if you've not seek first the face of God, and you've not turned from your wicked ways, you will not follow Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. By seeking first the kingdom of God. See, when you wake up tomorrow morning, God willing, you're going to seek first the kingdom of God. You're not going to seek... What Wall Street says. Who cares what Wall Street says? Because Wall Street is getting ready to correct itself. And a lot of you are going to lose a lot of money. Because how many people know it's inflated? I learned that from a, um, from a lady who works in the wall. I was on vacation with Pastor Fred's. We were in the Keys. And there was a lady there in a hotel, in a hotel with us. And she, and she was talking. And I was just talking to her. And I, she, was just, she was from New York. I said, so what do you do in New York? She says, oh, I work in Wall Street. And I says, so how do you like these numbers? And she looked at me and she says, they're inflated. So what does that tell you? It means there's going to be a pop soon. And it's going to correct itself. Why? Because that's the way of the world. But when you... Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Your finances will be taken care of. Why? Because your money is not your God. God is your God. He is Jehovah Jireh that will provide. So you need to understand this. And every day he says he daily loadeth you with benefits. So you can rest upon that truth. He daily loaded you with benefits.
Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. In other words, God wants you to have money. Why? Why does God want you to have money? So you can take care of the kingdom of God. Do you realize the only thing that's going to heaven is the kingdom of God? Your house, your car, your purses, your gold, your silver, your guns. Come on. All that ammo that you've hoarded up, you can't take with you. Only thing you're going to take is the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. See, the, God, the, the money is for the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. How can we start a new ALM somewhere? How can we start a new ALM? Because I want to start a new ALM somewhere. I got it in Panama. We got it in Cuba. We, got, so we need to put one in Florida. We need to put another one in Florida. And I'm not talking about Pembroke Pines. See, we ain't one of those churches that does like, oh, I'm going to just go right, right down the road and start another ALM. That makes no sense. You didn't hear from God. Do you realize that when we started this church, there was nobody here but us and the Baptists? It's amazing how everybody heard from God and they all decided, hey, we're going to be right on top of each other. That ain't God. No, no, no. Kingdom of, what's money for? Start a new ALM. Who wants to be the pastor of the new ALM? Bunch of babies. Bunch of scared babies. Brother Mike, he's going to be signing. I saw him right there earlier. He's going to be signing autographs. <laughs> he did the announcements. He signed in autographs afterwards. How many of you want to be the new pastor of a new ALM? Look at Phil's got his hand up. Come on, Phil. Danielle, I'm serious. Why? That's what money's for. Money's for is to propagate the gospel. Get the gospel out. That's what the money's for. But Pastor Dad, I want a house. God's going to give you the house. God's going to give you the house. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. He knows, what, he knows you want you. He wants that house for you. He's got it for you, but you don't have to pay for it. He'll give it to you. Well, who says you got to pay the $2.57 million right here if you want that house right there? I know some of y'all drove down Mustang and looked at that. I'd like to have that house. If that's what you want, say, Lord, it's for sale, so it's not coveting. Say, Lord. In other words, but I don't want to pay $2.75 million. I don't want to pay that because it ain't worth it. Like this house being built right here by J-Lo next to us. Huh? She's an investor, whatever. They want $6 million for it. You want to live next to us? Praise God. I expect you to be here early and leave late. Listen to me. We, we, we think God, oh, God won't do that to me. Says who? Says who? Show me where Abraham had to work for anything. What, what job did Abraham have? Show me what. Did he have a job? Did he do like before he got to where he was? Did he work odd jobs? Show me where Abraham had to work. Where did Abraham have to work? Where, where, what kind of job did Abraham have? Only thing Abraham, God told Abraham, your seed's going to be multiplied. That's the only job Abraham had was seed. That was it. He didn't work a job. Oh, he had sheep. He didn't work that. His servants did all that. He didn't do nothing but procreate. 
God says, look at them stars. That's how many babies you're going to have. Look at that. All that's your seed. Look at the sand. That's your seed. That's the only job Abraham had. God provided. He had more silver and gold. He had, he had to weld there. Why? Because kings were envy of him. Kings were envy of him. Why? Because God took care of him. Because he was a man that walked by faith. He understood that everything was all about God. Everything I do is about God. Everything I am is about God. Nothing else matters. See, ALM, when we become that is when we'll start seeing the overflow. We'll start seeing the, the manifestation of God when it's all about God. It's not about me. Abraham said it was never about me. It's all about God. How can I please God? And, 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 he, as, and he was referred to in Hebrews as the father of faith. Why? Because that's he, everything was connected to God. And God wants you blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you blessed. Here we go. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. All right. Give. Everybody say that. Give. Give. I know some of you have a hard time saying it. Say it again. Give. Say it again. Give. Parents, look at your children. Give. Children, it's not always your parents giving you. You learn how to give to your parents. If you got money in your pocket, take care of your parents' lunch today. You pay for it. She's done that. There's three of us. And I ain't going to Popeye's either. <laughs> Pentecostal chicken. Listen to me. Give. God is very direct. And when it comes to the financial man, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye met with all, it shall be measured to you again. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, because I know y'all ready to get out of here. It's almost 12. Dolphins are going to lose again anyway, so don't worry about it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Every man according to his purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. All of God's direct words benefits those who obey. Everything that God has directed to us when it comes to the spirit, when it comes to the physical, when it comes to the final, it all benefits those who obey it. Choose this day to obey God's direct words. Choose this day. Choose this day. Choose this day to, to obey God's direct when it comes to your spirit, man. In other words, live holy. Choose to live holy. Choose to live righteously. Choose to live sanctified. Come out of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, surrender yourself to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He is the one that's going to show you how to do it. Thank God I have the Holy Ghost. Because, man... I would be in so much trouble if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost for... No! Stop it! You dummy! Don't say it. Don't do it. Don't go there. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Man, that's why he's there. 
He's your resource. He's your comforter. He is the one that gives you the, the intelligence of God. So you can be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.